G'day and welcome to the Noob Spiro podcast, the world's number one spearfishing dedicated podcast. Now, today you are in for an absolute treat. It's a 101 episode with none other than Shrek from the Noob Spiro himself, all the way live from China. So uh, hold on your hats, folks. This is going to be an absolute cracker, and it's all about common obstacles. So we're calling it the 101 Common Obstacles episode, where Shrek and I talk about a bunch of uh, common obstacles that pop up with a lot of listeners of the show that uh, they need help with sort of getting over and um, getting into their spearfishing when they're starting out. It's an absolutely jam-packed episode full of great advice. And before we get into that, I want to say g'day to Austin Barr on the east coast of the USA. Uh, he's just found the show and he's loving it and he just wants us to do a few episodes on East Coast Spiros of the US. So, uh, all right, Austin, you have it on good authority. We're going to interview some guys on the East Coast of the US for you. Uh, Sebastian Brandhurst, um, thanks for the support, mate, and all the personal recommendations. We really appreciate that. That really helps us out. Um, Jay Morris, Muris, for the uh, book review, mate. Thank you very much for that. Uh, and g'day to Sean Finn and uh, g'day to on Insta to Submerged Overlanding. You blokes look like you're having a fantastic time. So uh, thanks for all your support, guys. If you want to support us and find out what we're doing on the show regularly, then subscribe to our newsletter or our email newsletter, uh, The Floater. You can do that by going to noobspiro.com and it should be a pop-up there and you can subscribe. It's that easy. All the deals we've got with our sponsors pop up there on a regular basis and what's going on um, with the interviews. Uh, quick g'day too before we get into it to Niall Cameron, he was our episode 52. Now, I was just sitting back uh, listening to this episode, reviewing it for a few quotes, and uh, it's an absolute crack. I was in stitches. You've got to listen to this uh, episode. It's particularly funny, particularly the episode, uh, the part about the boat that's been sinking throughout generations that um, Niall sold on. Um, it's a really cracking story and uh, a very good episode. So, g'day to Niall, wherever you are in the world right now. All right, let's get into today's episode 101, Common Obstacles Starting Out in Spearfishing. Guys, support the Noob Spiro podcast by shopping with today's sponsor, spearfishing.com.au. That's right, you can use the code Noob Spiro and save $20 on all purchases over $200. If you're looking for that next spear gun or wetsuit, spearfishing.com.au has got a huge range of equipment for you to go and check out. There's good reviews on there about everything from booties to budgie smugglers, so enjoy and get hold of something good. If you live here in Australia, check out Adreno's physical stores in Melbourne, Sydney or Brisbane and join over 60 underwater experts to get advice about everything you need for equipment. Thank you for shopping with our sponsor, spearfishing.com.au and supporting the Noob Spiro podcast. Guys, Spearing Magazine, join the Noob Spiro podcast. They've got some of the best contributors in the world. They've got stories from all corners of the globe. And if you're interested in uh, contributing something, you can head along to spearingmagazine.com. Head up there to the top right corner, get into the menu, and there's become a contributor to Spearing Magazine. Now, some of the guests on our show have been uh, uh, contributors or they regularly contribute. We've had mm-hmm. Jesse Cripps, Michael Takash, and Ted Hardy contributes a regular section. It's probably the best quality magazine pound for pound in the world. So get in there, check out the photography. It's an awesome heavyweight magazine. You can also get the digital edition. So head over to sparingmagazine.com to learn a bit more. Join them on social, Facebook, Insta, or YouTube. G'day and welcome to the Noob Spiro podcast. Today is a very, very special episode. It is a 101 on common issues encountered by new Spiros. Now, if that isn't special enough, what makes this even more special is we're chatting direct from China for the first time in months with Shreko. Shrek, how are you, mate? Good, buddy. Good. Yeah, we've still been managing to keep on top of the uh, our community there, and we've got quite a few requests with regards to common issues, so we should be able to cover a bit of ground today. How are you, buddy? Yeah, yeah, good, mate. It's um, it's it's been a while, and uh, my food bill has dropped drastically since you've gone to China. Yeah. Like, I mean, those recordings that we do, where I used to make up like those two bulk. Um, quiches or what, like just it was like, remember those quiches? They were like three foot long yeah. and a foot wide. You could just get them in the oven, and I'd just get that one little portion out of the corner. You're a good guy. Um, I've, I've noticed that I've, you know, 
maybe opposite. No, I've got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. I got nothing. I thought I had something there. I was like, nah, you're all over me. Like a rash, as usual. Uh, haven't been able to keep up with my jokes as I'd like to without without you here. It's all joking in Chinese. So, how easy Chinese, mate? Uh, hao. Well, and what does that mean? <laughs> not good. Oh, not good. Yeah, no, it's, good. Getting, it's getting better. I'm like you want to see me in a restaurant. I'm all over it, but because you know food's my number one priority. But apart from like ordering food, it's pretty bad. Is it true they're calling you? Um, the Kung Fu Panda? Is that is that real? Right, moving on. So, uh, <laughs> common issues. Number one, one of the biggest concerns was equalising. So, let's get started there because um, you're just slaying me today. Um, so, equalising. So, we did a, a pretty good episode a while ago with Ted Hardy and he talked about, you know, like the, the number one problem most sparrows have is they, they're still using Valsalva. And they haven't switched over to Frenzel. Can you just give us a quick overview of the difference, Tubbs? So equalising, to wrap it up in a nutshell, is when you dive, the deeper you go, the more pressure there is on the eardrums. Now, as you get deeper, that becomes more and more painful. And you've probably felt that in the swimming pool at some point. And there are some divers out there that just push against it. And the deeper you go and the further, further you dive, the more pressure increases and eventually it will either put a tear in the eardrum or rupture it. So what you've got to do is get air back into those sinuses to equalise the pressure um, of the eardrum itself. Now, there's two ways to do that. Well, there's, there's actually more, but we'll focus on these two uh, methods. And the first one is Valsalva, and that is the method of drawing oxygen or air, so to be more precise, uh, up from the lungs and into the sinuses and in the ears and uh, that equalizes it. It's naturally what most people do, but it's not generally the most effective and it's only effective down to certain depths. Now, to go deeper, uh, a more effective technique is the Frenzel technique, uh, and that is using the tongue as a piston to drive air in the mouth into the uh, ears and equalize the pressure that way. Does that make sense? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was a pretty good uh, off-the-cuff sort of explanation. Yeah, so the first technique of Valsalva is using air from your lungs. So, I mean, as you go deeper, this becomes a problem because you haven't really got enough air down there to be able to re-equalise that space. And the advantages of Frenzel is it just uses the air that's readily available sort of in your throat and mouth to re-equalise that space for you. Um, yep, good. Um, so how, how can people learn how to do this method, uh, Turbo? Well, there, there actually are a few good videos on YouTube and there are a few good tutorials, but the best way to do it is, once again, join a free diving, um, a free diving club or do a free diving course where they'll teach you that technique. Um, we've recently had Ted Hardy on for immersion free diving. Now, if you are struggling with this, he offers one-on-one -on -one, one -on -one Skype tutorials uh, anywhere in the world, um, which is really great, so he's quite accessible. And uh, he actually runs you through that technique and has a really high success rate of um, converting people's technique over to the, over to Frenzel. And um, it's it's something that you're going to need. You, it's a necessity of diving that little bit deeper as you get better and improve. Mm. Okay, and so that's kind of like a big macro solution for a lot of guys. Um, if you're using Valsalva, definitely switch over to Frenzel. Giving you uh, Ted Hardy there, and there's some online information available if you want a DIY. Um, I've had a friend that's done Ted's course, so by all means, give that a crack. Apparently, it's good value for your money. Uh, an another another couple of ideas with your equalising. Sometimes you, you are doing Frenzel, but you're doing other things wrong. One is um, head position. Guys aren't... Um, you're either leaning too far backwards, like you're diving down and you're looking up, trying to see where you're going on the way down. Um, so this can um, sort of crush your eustachian tubes and it means you're having to force air in to equalise. And it, it, it not only puts pressure on your eustachian tubes, but it also um, makes your lungs and your diaphragm do a lot more work trying to equalise that, that, that space. Uh, and... Um, uh, it's probably not your diaphragm, is it? It's your, it's your station tubes. Anyway, you're trying to force equalising. So just get your head back into that neutral position and uh, and it, and it um, works a lot better. So even consciously put your chin down more towards your chest as you're diving down. 
Uh, another thing Spiros do pretty badly is they don't equalise until they feel pain or until they feel the pressure. Um, so early and often, just like um, just like everyone else teaches you, some guys say you should equalise every metre. Uh, I don't think it's that excessive, it's, but I think it's probably every three metres you're probably needing to equalise that space. But uh, don't quote me on that. Uh, definitely not an expert when yeah. it comes to equalising. Just, just make sure you're equalising before you feel pain because if you're feeling pain, you're putting stress on the eardrums and that's what you don't want to do. Mm. Uh, comfortable masks. Brown, you, you talk about low volume. I've done both. I've gone extremely low volume where I can't even laugh at how bad your technique is um, because my mask will fill with water. Um, so that wasn't good, especially diving with you where I'm laughing all the time. Uh, and then I switched, I went to like a huge, <laughs> a huge like wide vision sort of mask. And I thought, you know, I think this low volume thing's a bit overrated, but it was too high a volume and it did make a difference, particularly when you're trying to do deeper dives. So there's that kind of comfortable medium somewhere in the middle where you can laugh and be a dick and probably still have <coughs> half a m mustache. And, and get away with it, or there's this super low low volume ones. Um, they, these can affect your equalising as well. You agree? Yeah, yeah, you definitely need a comfortable mask. I, I know that you do have a, a few issues with the mask sealing, just predominantly because of those crow's feet. Um, <laughs> they, they, they do let a, a lot of water in there. You've you've really aged. I can't I can't believe I'm looking at the same Poe. <laughs> That, I, that was here in the shootout with me just six months ago. That's uh, all those. Yeah, no, a good, a good mask. All right, moving on. Uh, milk products and mucus. Now, uh, mucus is a real problem. Uh, mucus production in the sinus prevents uh, equalisation. You just can't get that air in there to equalise, um, and you can you can end up with pain in sort of in the forehead, in the nasal cavity, in your ears. Um, so make sure you avoid um, mucus forming. Uh, foods like mucus, uh, like mucus, like milk <laughs> products and dairy, uh, and I even know Wayne Judge. He avoids red wine the night before, um, before he goes diving because that is a mucus forming um, food product for him. So avoid mucus forming products. Yeah, we Shrek. Pe people have different different trigger foods. Um, uh, I, I don't know what yours are, but I mean you do could learn you this. Go, <laughs> could you go into a few of yours? Well. <laughs> I don't. I don't really have this as an issue. I will give you it's a little short-term solution if you're feeling a bit mucusy and it's not like super bad. Like seriously, this guy told me this. I had a little bit of a flu coming on. I don't recommend this. This is not medical advice, right? But like, I just he he just leans over the uh, the boat, fills his mask up with salt water, and just sucks it straight up his nose. And uh, it feels horrible, but it actually does does give you a good clean out. Um, I know it works a little bit. I think if you're seriously blocked up, it's not a go-to, but just a little quick quick tip. Um, in Dan with Daniel Mann, we discussed this. He had major issues with his with his small sinuses, um, some of the small cavities and that. He actually ended up having to go under the knife and get surgery to to correct it. This is not uncommon for divers. There's a there's there's a there's a I'd say probably just from from just anecdotally, I'd say there's probably a 10 or 15% of, of Spiro's experience like problems with their sinus and they go and get opt for surgery. Um, so if you're interested in finding out a little bit more about that, go and listen into Daniel, our interview with Daniel Mann. Um, if you are experiencing ongoing problems with your sinus or, or, or ears, go and see a doctor, get a referral to an ENT. It's an ear, nose and throat specialist and they, they this is their business, they, they know about it and a lot of them <coughs> understand uh, dive physiology to a basic level and they're able to give you some uh, more serious advice. Turbo? Uh, any DIY solutions for... You know, physiological problems. Well, you know, like you got, you could got a good Chinese doctor over there. <laughs> <laughs> it's all traditional medicine over here, bro. So I'm just feng, I'm just feng shuiing my way through life, really. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, okay, moving on. Um, next one, big issues: breath hold. Some guys, when they're starting out, they they want to go zero to hero. Want to be down at 20 meters with the with the with the rest. It seems to be this you know the 70 foot 20 meter club that just every guy seems to have this idea in his mind that that's where you start spearfishing. Uh, I don't think it's true. But um, if you do want to improve your your breath hold turbo, how do you go about it? What do you what, what's your advice? Well, firstly, uh, the obvious one is go and do a free diving course. It's not that hard. You want to know how to do something. 
you're going to get educated. Spend the money on self-development and not on fancy guns. So go and do a uh, freediving course. Uh, if you can't do that or you want a good introduction or you want to know a good place to start is howtofreedive.com. We're always pushing those courses because we love them. We we think they're a ton of value. The price point is fantastic. Um, so check those out. Oh, you, 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 can, you, you can check those courses out for free at howtofreedive.com. Yep. He's got two. If you're just sort of starting out and you want to get to 10 metres, um, go and check out that uh, the 10 metre freediver. It's, it's pretty cheap. You can get started for free. And so you can get in and check it out, just see if it's for you. And if you do want to buy it, use the code NoobSpira. Um, now, next next one, free dive courses. We've got quite a few. We've we've um, quite a few free diving instructors we've interviewed on the show. All of these guys are reputable. We've got Aaron Chase, uh, Andrew Concosis, and Ted Hardy over there in the states. Here in Australia, we've had Ant Judge, Simon Tripp, Eris Biadas. Um, but there's lots of good instructors around. Make sure they have an understanding of spearfishing um, because um, freediving and spearfishing are a little bit different, so they need to uh, um, be, be familiar with, with how we approach freediving as spearos. Um, but having said that, there's lots and lots of great um, freediving instructors and in, uh, an entry-level course. We'll set you back a little bit of dough in two or three days, but it's, a, it's an investment in yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, if you have to, after a little bit more information, the Noob Sparrow podcast, I'll just give you rattle off some episodes. Episode 61 with Erez Biardos. Episode 51, Six Tips to Improve Your Bottom Time. Episode 42 with Ted Harty. And episode 34 with Pete Ryder. If you listen to those four episodes, you're, uh, you're going to learn quite a lot about freediving for spearfishing. So that's a great resource, absolutely free, up on iTunes. Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, three-stage breathing is absolutely critical. Learning how to breathe properly without hyperventilating is a, is a critical part of learning how to breathe because there's a, there's, a, there's a cheap way to holding your breath for longer, and that's hyperventilation, but it's absolutely not, not good for you. Uh, and it's not it's not good for learning to listen to your body and and um, and as you go your body slowly adapts over time and it's it's just not something you can do overnight but um, yeah you got to start somewhere uh, you're in you're in the right place so four good episodes thanks Tub Turbo uh, some of these some of these interviews we've had we've we've talked with guys that have pushed the breath hold and um, and the other end of it is is blacking out. And so I would like to push slow adaptation, you know, following good um, buddy practices. And, uh, you know, what, some of the biggest takeaways are, are, are relaxing, doing a proper full stage breath and, and, and getting your surface intervals longer, spending more time on the surface when you're doing deeper dives and, and definitely following a really good um, sur- um, buddy protocol. Uh, yeah, especially when you're just starting to push yourself um, depth-wise. Maybe you're a 10-meter diver and you're and you're diving with some guys that are maybe diving 15 meters or 50 feet, and you and it's just new for you. So make sure you let, let let the people around you know and just follow some good systems and common sense. Another another quick tip is warm up on the way out. If you're if you're diving on the way out, um, I learned this off a buddy a long time ago. He he would um, start doing some breathe-ups on the way out there. And I think what this does is it prepares your body for, um, for, for holding your breath for the rest of the day. So maybe an hour before, we're an hour away from our dive spot. He's already starting to do some big, nice, slow, full breaths. And uh, it's just, it puts your body in a sort of a relaxed state. I think it prepares your lungs for, for doing full breaths because most of the time in our day-to-day lives, we don't breathe properly. And so getting your body ready for it's a good idea. Um, we jokingly talk about doing full body stretches, but I definitely think doing some full breaths is a, is a good idea. Hey, Turbo, anything else on holding your breath? No, it's, uh, that's, that's pretty good. Um... Yeah, maybe don't do the partner stretches, particularly uh, if your partner's got wandering hands like mine often does. So just, just refuse those. What are you doing without me for a partner? You, you, you're not cheating on me, are you? No, no, I'd cry myself to sleep most nights oh, right. without, without you, particularly after a dive day. But, um, it, was no, all, I'm, I'm, it is awkward no. there in the studio. Uh, I can see on the, on the roof there you've still got that... Um, full full profile photo of me on the ceiling, so at least that's there to comfort you. Oh man, a man can dream, mate. Yeah. A man can dream. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so finding a buddy. Talking about buddies, um, it isn't yep. it isn't easy to find good um, dive buddies. I, I remember when I started out, no one seems to want to go diving with the absolute um, green guys. 
Um, you know, everyone expects you to have this level of proficiency magically without actually having gone spearfishing before. So it is a, is a quite a, quite a common problem. I ran a, a mm. poll in our Noob Sparrow Facebook group, our, our private group for our community, and this one actually registered the highest. Um, a lot of guys have problems finding buddies, and and f- there's finding a buddy like a just anybody. And then there's finding a good buddy, which are two different things. Um, finding a good crew is another thing as well. Um, Turbo, how, how did you find a buddy when you started? Being? Yeah, okay. So so I didn't find a buddy when I first started. I just went spearfishing by myself yeah. um, for uh, for quite a long time and then um, just, just met a guy on the rocks. But you don't you don't need to do that. Um, you can just you can do a quick Google search and find a spearfishing club in your area. Find an underwater hockey or rugby club. Do a Facebook search. Um, there's there's often Facebook groups around. Um, join a free diving training group. I mean, we've got the Brisbane Bull Sharks here uh, in Brisbane, but there are other groups uh, around the country, Sydney um, free divers and places like that. You might find somebody there. There's plenty of great clubs around. It's just a matter of um, searching these people out and finding them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we interviewed Sean Hartley ages ago about underwater hockey and maybe some of the benefits for spearfishing. One of the biggest benefits seemed to be just getting involved in a community of, of, of guys that like um, catching their own food and, 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 and enjoying sort of the underwater world. And uh, Cairns Craze was his club up there, and, and they sound like they've got a pretty neat culture and you, you obviously meet a lot of people to go spearing with. Here in Brisbane, we've got we've got lots of... Uh, we've, well, sorry, I'm not in Brisbane. You're in Brisbane, but um, there's the... There's the Brisbane Barracudas uh, Underwater Hockey Club, and uh, and you've got the Brisbane Bull Sharks. There's lots of different groups that are not necessarily doing spearfishing, but they're doing something related, and you can meet a lot of people um, that way. Mm-hmm. And you can also build your, um, your your skills as well, particularly if you're at the yep. Bull Sharks. Uh, you, you're going to have a, a a big advantage when you do get out into the open water. Absolutely, and uh, we don't mind playing matchmaker at the Noob Spiro either, so get on to our community group on Facebook. I know guys are sort of um, hooking up with each other there. That didn't sound the best, but guys are uh, finding buddies on our group. So uh, they're, just, yeah. they're just following in our footsteps and hooking up with each other. Just don't ever say that again. Awesome. I love being a role model. Uh, I, I was kind of like you when I started out. I, I couldn't find anyone either. I had one mate, but he was brand new as well, so we knew nothing. It was definitely the blind leading the blind. We went spearfishing mm. in a place where we weren't allowed to go, and it was just through sheer ignorance, but I did sh- I did spear some some awesome flathead. Um, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> and lots lots of lots of morewong, which is you know pretty um, bad species here in Australia that it's not real desirable, but that somewhere to start and um, and uh, but you know it's kind of like you, you go from really inexperienced to you know diving with the guys that are really experienced overnight and uh, you've you've somehow got to do it. So make connections where you can. Another way to do it is to go into your local retailer and make a relationship with them. It's easy to buy. Um, to, to, to buy gear online and uh, sometimes it's, it's great, it's convenient but it's also good to build a relationship with your local retailer. Uh, our major sponsor Adreno, I've got stores in Melbourne, Sydney and Brisbane and uh, Turbo and I both uh, have spent uh, a lot of time and, and money in, uh, in the, the Wool and Gabba Brisbane uh, Adreno store and we've met quite a few Spiros there now and we regularly talk to Trevor Ketchin who still works at the Adreno Brisbane store. These guys can help you help you get started they might know someone that that is also starting out and they can pair you up um so this can be another way to, to find uh, buddies make friends and learn about equipment and all the rest of it as well turbo anything else yeah no that's good advice so i think just thinking about it uh all of the guys that i regularly spearfish with uh all came from one of wayne judge's uh training nights he's i think he, he's, he did some sort of eight week block of um free diving for spearfishing and yeah Met a, met sort of five six guys there that I regularly spearfish with now, so um, that's the benefit of sort of getting out in the community and making yourself available. And then I think we might have met you there. You kept pestering like I get, I, I don't know how you got my mobile number, but once you got it, you just wouldn't leave me alone, would you? <laughs> and uh, and I, I mean the other thing about the good thing about doing it with Wayne is like everyone by the end of that eight-week program everyone had a level of competence that they didn't have before i i I know i improved and i I felt 
I felt I felt a lot more comfortable and drilling the rescues and all the rest of it was 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 fantastic and kind of fun as well. You know, uh, it was it was it was just good fun training and and, and we we did make a, a good bunch of friends there apart from Bo, uh, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just not... keep trying to give them mouth to mouth, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and an extended group as well. You know, like a lot of guys there. Um, we're, we're not really close friends with them, but you got ongoing, uh, ongoing sort of friendships as well. So it's good. All right. Well, that was that was just lovely. Let's move on. Mm. Um, uh, comp- to... Competitions was the last one. Sometimes they um, clubs run social comps and they're open to everyone. Uh, it can be a good way to go in and uh, meet some people. Even if you don't go spearing in the competition, you can just go along and meet meet some blokes. That, that's another good way. All right, move on. Let's go. We know how to make friends now. Let's uh, let's talk about equipment now. We're gonna this 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 was a um, sore point for guys. How what equipment to buy? How do you know what to buy? How do you know what's good when you're first starting out? Well, it's a very good question, uh, and it's one that we're going to cover in a more detailed um, podcast, so we'll leave that one for now and come back to it. What do you reckon? Yeah, uh, just just quickly, like one of the biggest problems guys have with equipment when they're starting out is um, not spending the, the right money on the right places, so um, I, I would say spend some money, definitely get a good set of at least hard plastic um, spear fishing fins. Don't use scuba fins or surf or b- bodyboarding fins or anything like that. Get get a nice long set of hard plastics or better yet, you know, like some penetrator composite um, fiberglass fins or something like that. Um, those things are tough, even off the rocks. Uh, they're perfect, perfectly suited. And if you're headed into a current, you'll be glad you've got those on instead of uh, your, your bodyboarding fins or whatever because um, they're, they're actually a safety feature as much as, uh, you know, a practicality for, for getting down and hunting fish. Good, good advice. Mm. <coughs> All right. Um, <laughs> You're a dick. Yeah, but yeah. No, no, it's good advice. I, I think we need to cover that in a in a more longer. Depth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's same little, little thing. Guys, if you're looking to improve your freediving and spearfishing, a good set of fins is pretty much mandatory. And the best fins going, in our opinion, are the penetrator fins. So get online, get on to penetratorfins.com and check out the full range there of composites and carbon fiber fins. Composites are tough as nails, they're a fantastic fin, and the carbon fibers are the most reactive fin going. We absolutely love them. Can't kill them either, had them for years, they're still going strong. And the best thing about this is, now we have a code for you guys. So if you pump in Noob Spiro at checkout, you'll save yourself $20 on a set of these great fins. Add to that, we, we now can offer you $25 flat rate shipping internationally. That is absolutely fantastic, and a full international warranty from penetratorfins.com. So there's no reason not to get in and get yourself one of the most important pieces of spearfishing equipment. That is a good set of carbon or composite blades. So get in there now, check out all the great designs and get yourself a set of penetrator blades. Guys, thanks for listening to today. Yes, you have tuned in to the greatest spearfishing podcast on God's green earth. (laughs) And you know what? If we were in magazines, we'd probably have the best magazine ever as well, but we're not. No. But guess what? We've teamed up with the best spearing magazine in the world. That is Spearing Magazine. Shrek, tell us about the deal that we have with Spearing Magazine. Yep, sweet deal. Jeremy's chucked it out there just to sort of overcome the shipping costs for us poor buggers down under. And I think the South Africans can get hold of this deal as well. 60 bucks to get hold of the whole back catalogue. That's 19 oh. issues. And this is like a real, it's not like your normal little crap magazine you get in the news though. It's a bloody, it's a heavy weight, the cover's mint, the photography in this thing's high quality. Mm. It's hard to even get your story in there sometimes, I've heard. Uh, but uh, anyway. Oh, he keeps <laughs> knocking us back. <laughs> Head over and email Jeremy at sales at spearingmagazine.com to um, secure this deal. It's 60 bucks for 19 issues of probably the world's best spearfishing magazine. Get into it. Okay. Hunting techniques was a uh, another problem for new Spiros. Mm. Shrek, how can they? How can a new Spiro improve their hunting techniques? Well, we had a, we've had a couple of listeners write in recently. I'll, I'll, I'll try and find it while we're chatting. But but basically, um, this this guy said. Um, 
g'day, g'day, fellas. Uh, I, I I recently um, went diving and I applied all of my Noob Spiro podcast learnings. It was a good shine on. I really liked it. He, but he said, um, I just slowed everything right down and uh, and and just relaxed completely. Didn't worry about what I was going to shoot or anything like that. And I, and he said he he. He, he, he's just shot a lot more fish. Um, I mean, you probably can't relate to that, Turbo. I mean, you've probably only shot one or two fish in the last two years or so. Yeah, mate. Yeah, a couple of world records there. Um, <laughs> two shots, two world records. <laughs> yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah, no, that's, it's good advice. Um, I was, I was going to say that the Noob Spiro, when we set this up, was to help guys shoot more fish, and uh, the Noob Spiro podcast is littered with hunting technique and we've even got the hunting technique um, segment on the show these days so uh, realistically it's a it's without um, you know shining ourselves on it's become a really good resource for hunting technique the podcast so uh, wade through all the episodes you're bound to pick something up Um, hunting techniques particularly in local areas and i'm still learning i'm still picking things up uh just comes from guys in the scene in your local area. You know, recently I was out with a couple of guys that were more experienced, older divers, and I still learnt something. You know, I picked up. We we're only shooting coral trout, but we had a limited time. We need to get, you know, our quota of trout in the esky, and I was using just one gun. And as soon as I shot it, I I broke a shooting line. I had to get up, re-rig and stuff around my gun that just took time these guys took three guns each they were all exactly the same and when when something failed they bent a shaft or a flopper didn't work they threw it in the boat forgot about it and they were back spear fishing in seconds no rigging no time wasted so it's just another little technique that you pick up along the way so if you can get exposure to these experienced guys because you will pick up um, new techniques Um, and and scour the internet as well. There's a great uh, 101 series on the Adreno Facebook page, uh, sorry, YouTube page, because um, they've got a lot of experienced um, Spiros in there. Um, recently, I did a trip um, where we were hunting black spot tusk fish, and previously I'd uh, looked at the um, black spot tusk fish how to video on the Adreno page, and everything I learned there I could apply instantly and shot a personal best black spot tusk fish. So, I mean, it's that easy. It's just about searching for that knowledge. Yeah, some some fish, I mean, when you're starting out, they come to you. And, I mean, they're the easy ones. And then as you get better, you, you kind of want to start targeting new things. But, I mean, for the guy that's just starting out, um, I mean, I remember in my early days, some days I'd go out and I wouldn't have my buoyancy correct. And you, you're hunting shallow off the beach, you know, maybe, maybe 15, 20 feet, and that's where the fish are, so that's where you are. And uh, I remember not being weighted heavy enough, and so you, you you're literally going down and trying to hang on to rocks, and uh, and and creep your way forward, and then your legs are sort of hanging up. And I remember doing all of these kind of new mistakes, and lots of my gear would rattle, parts of my gun would rattle, and my knife strap would be loose, and it'd be banging against something, and everything I did seemed to make noise, and you know just a lot of basic mistakes i mean have you got any advice for 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 those for those guys turbo how did you learn all that is it just a just a day-by-day approach yeah like for me i mean i i eventually got exposure to to other spiros and and that that comment on what you're doing or what you're doing wrong so um it's time in the water picking things up for yourself be conscious of what you're doing and how fish react to it um just think about what's practical and what's not and you know over time you improve but i mean if you just rely on yourself you're going to do it the hard way getting out and getting amongst um, good spiros in clubs and facebook groups and asking those questions you will improve um so that that's the biggest thing just just go with a learning mindset yeah nice nice all right cool okay anything else with techniques what what's something that's worked for you recently um oh just just to touch on um with, with the black spot tusk fish, one of the things I noticed clear as day was uh, Trevor Ketchian's advice was to shoot the tusk fish behind the the head and before the tough scales of the body start. And uh, I would never have thought of that. I would have just shot the fish in the head, but he, he, he describes a little soft spot in there 
um, that you'll stone the fish with and you'll get really good penetration with the spear. And I shot a fairly big one, not a huge one, but, but one around the 10 kilo mark. And I shot it in that spot and I was fortunate enough to stone it straight away. So that was just a little example of uh, did the research and applied it and got the result. So Yeah, nice. Okay, good. So you had that... You had that, like you're saying, the learner mindset. We've got a um, a couple of cracker episodes coming up with some some awesome sparrows. Jim Russell's is uh, memorable. Uh, I think that one will have just gone live by the time this goes live. So check out Jim Russell for nor- Northern California spearfishing. But he's just brilliant at explaining exactly what he does. Some of the best sparrows are the worst at explaining what they actually do. It's because um, by now it's become sort of second nature to them and they're not even aware of sort of the the conscious things they did to become effective and uh so it's often you, you meet a guy like jim russell and he, he can just explain what he what he does and why why he is so successful at, at hunting some of the species in his area so um yeah again interviews with the local sparrows what we try and cover on the new sparrow podcast this is a great way to to sort of tap into that knowledge sometimes you can't get around and dive with everyone everywhere so uh, but it is a very fast way to accelerate your learning is to dive with different people. All right, let's move on, Turbo. Anything else? Is hunting techniques? You done? No, mate. That's yeah, I'm done. That's it. All right, conditions. Uh, conditions are a, are a fun one to learn. Um, I've I've dived in some soup. I've dived in some huge surf, um, and 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 some of it was just stupid. Uh, you. No, I always wait for glamour conditions. I'm not interested in that crap. Had I just like when it's de- dead flat. This is a really nice sort of above 24 degrees. Just <laughs> perfect days. <laughs> you did I just learn. like those gentleman conditions. Yeah. I remember actually last time we went out with Bo, uh, late... 2017 well last time last time i went out there in brisbane um it it was it was a washing machine out there uh it was it was brown we had to go really really wide to find anything diveable and then we were contending with about two knots of current as well which is a lot of current to swim against and uh and and we're swimming on quite on a deeper reef it was it was some sketchy conditions did you enjoy that buddy well i actually didn't mind that day i I felt no, I got my seasick pills in early, so that was okay. It wasn't the best, but it was okay. I think we shot a, I think we shot a couple of fish that day. It wasn't great, but it's, it's, um, it's probably not the, they're probably not the best conditions to learn in. Um, I, I think like if you're to learn, you probably want to pick your, your nice days with a good bit of visibility. The, the seas aren't, you know, too rough, really. Yeah. All right, yeah, good. And uh, particularly if you're going to shore dive, which is probably where most people will start. So, um, and if you are going to do that, um, start shore diving. Make sure you have a experience, have an experienced buddy to go with. All right, let, let's just go into a little bit of a, a couple of the factors to deal with conditions. So, wind, uh, Queensland, uh, I, I believe New Zealand as well. Uh, much of it's affected really badly by a northerly wind. Uh, the, straight away, the, the viz goes goes to goes to poo. Uh, doesn't matter where, where you seem to be, the viz just goes crap. Um, I've heard various explanations for it, but it's just something that a lot of people are aware of. If you're in the first day of a northerly, quite often the visibility is still good, but after three days of it, everything's sort of starting to get a bit dirty. Um, how else does wind affect our, our spearfishing? I mean, obviously maybe in the northern hemisphere, wind acts differently. Maybe it's a southerly that makes uh, the water dirty. What are you? What's your experience with wind turbo? Uh, yeah, so yeah, once again, uh, in our local area with the northerly, it seems to hold the, the a lot of the water seems to in the bay escape from the northern end, which is where we do a lot of our spearfishing, and those northerly seem to hold the the dirty water escaping the rivers and all the runoff uh, around that northern end of the bay, and it just makes it quite dirty. Um, also. One thing I noticed diving uh, in central Queensland, I would never be able to shoot a fish inshore uh, during a northerly. Um, they just weren't fishy. It was just a common thing. You get northerlies, there wasn't a lot of fish around. So, um, I look, everywhere is different, but talking to experienced bureaus and noting this stuff down and writing it in a journal, um, the conditions and what you saw is really, really important to identifying patterns in weather. Um which can be like invaluable. Yeah, all right, good. Um, I mean, I remember 
when I was shore diving, a lot, a lot of the Queensland, Southern Queensland stuff is terrible uh, for shore diving in general. It's very, it's like the, there's not many places to go, and the places you do go are like easily weather affected. Uh, I, I like diving sort of 15 knots and under of wind. Um, another thing that's really important though was swell. If you're contending with a with a with um with a swell above two meters, uh, especially if the, you you don't have big gaps, uh, that 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 can be pretty bad as well. Like we were talking about, a big washing machine, um, because you're inshore diving with a big swell, uh, all of the sediment gets picked up and pulled out, and uh, it's not real pleasant. And a lot of them are rocky areas, so it's not it's not very nice. I know the Sydney guys get smashed around by waves a lot. Uh, particularly with some of the um, entry and exit places they go. What, what do you think about swell? Uh, it uh, has its ups and downs. <laughs> <laughs> You're a legend. <laughs> okay. Is that it? Um, do, you, do you actually want something about swell? Well, it makes you seasick, so uh, take your seasick pills. They can make you seasick even if you're just shore diving. Yeah, 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 nice. I didn't actually think about that. I was thinking more about entry and exit points. Uh, way back in the day when we interviewed Richard Leonard, he told a hilarious story about, um, about you know, sort of like having to rush up onto this rock face with the swell and then grab hold of something and then let it suck out and then trying to sort of scramble up this rock face. And he shared mm. the story about him and a mate doing it. Sounded just super dangerous and kind of crazy. Uh, but definitely, like, if you've got um, dodgy entry and exit conditions, um, swell will be a massive factor. So, uh, you know, you know, it's not worth your life kind of thing, I guess, um, punching out through big swell if you've got dodgy entry and exit points. Sometimes you might have to do a longer swim, you know, head around, head around a point and start way back in just so you don't have to sort of scramble over big rocks and make sure you've got a couple of different exit strategies. Yep, good advice. All right, nice tides, tide. Yeah, big tides, big tides. Usually means dirtier water, um, more more water movement, stirs up sediment. Often going to result in dirtier water. So you get those sort of neepish tides where there's less uh, difference between the lows and the highs, and you should see cleaner water. Yeah, and and also with the bigger tides, the the run out and the run in, the current is way stronger because there's so much more water movement. Um, best time to dive generally is maybe it depends on how long your tide your tide uh, your tidal phases, but maybe an hour before the top of the high tide, and then you get like a good thirty minutes of sort of uh, slack tide at the top. That can be your best your best window to go diving, particularly if the water's a little bit on the sketchy side. Anything else to add, Turbo? Yeah, personally, I think um, for all of those, for inshore diving generally as a rule, I look for uh, that high tide and sort of uh, trying to get in the water an hour or two hours before that high tide. Uh, there's, there's more water there. Um, often, you know, if there's pelagics, they're going to be in close during that high that high uh, tide. And then you can run that, you can spear the productive run out tide which is fantastic, but just keep in mind that if you are going to do that, that run out tide is going to make it, often makes it more difficult for you to get back in. Mm. So just keep that in mind. Right. That's sort of what I'm thinking. And, uh, and one more thing too, if you get a nice uh, high tide early in the morning at daybreak, it's often very productive. Yeah, the rainfall as well affects different spots differently, particularly if there's a, you know, like a channel where fresh water comes out, like a river or stream, whatever. Uh, so look at the rain from the previous couple of days. That can obviously give you an indication of whether it's going to be diveable. Um, okay, let's move on. Um, we've got here finding the places to go spearfishing. Now, Queensland, again, uh, terrible southern Queensland. Not many places to go. Uh, lots of boat traffic in some places. Um, Queen, uh, the, the Sydney siders get this as well. Um, guys get hit by boats with when they don't have their dive flags up, and even when they do, sometimes it still happens. But uh, finding places to go can be tricky, particularly starting out. Now, recently, mm. um, Clancy Bowman wrote a wrote a cracker blog post for Noob Spearer. It's called Three Free Online Tools to Help You Find Secret Spearfishing Spots." Um, he, he, he just gives you just a massive insight into how he started finding spots. And uh, I mean, he stumbled on one, and, uh, but then he, 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 he didn't stumble on it badly. He, he, he went to a place and then he found out that it was a marine sanctuary. So he just got on Google Maps and he used a couple of different online tools to find himself a new spot. And no one else knows about it. It's his spot. 
And uh, but he shares some insights into how he did this. So if you go to, if you just pump into Google three free online tools to help find spearfishing spots, that article will pop right up and go on and have a look at Clancy's article. It's a cracker. Good advice. Mm. All right, you happy with that? Um, caring for your catch is another problem. Guys, um, wasting too much of the fish and all the rest of it. So by all means, go and check out episode 38, Caring for Your Catch, Turbo sort of put together. Um, there's another great Facebook page called Free Fish Heads. Uh, that's phenomenal for teaching you how to make use of a full fish, fra- fish frame and uh, get the most out of your catch. It's bloody, it's bloody brilliant. And uh, um, there's, no, there's just no wastage um, if, you, if you know how to care for your catch properly. Uh, if you're bagging, if you're bagging um, fish and freezing it, there's some tricks for that as well. Um, go online and learn how to how to make the most use out of all of that because um, you know we've got a limited resource and we should you know look after what we do catch. Yeah, so so basically caring for your catch. There's a few main points. One's killing the catch. So preferably want to stone shot that fish and not put a spear through the fillet. So that's you know the head or around that area. And then failing that is the icky jimmy stabbing the brain of the fish. You can go to ickyjimmy.com. And that will teach you how to kill and dispatch that fish. Gutting the fish is very important. Um, go online. That, that's that's quite a simple task. Insert the knife into the anus and push it forward. Uh, it's, it's too hard to explain over this. So go on, go online. Have a look at the tutorials um, on YouTube. Filleting the fish is is another very important step of that. And then obviously cooking the fish. So they're the main points for caring for your catch and and keeping the, the catch chilled which is very important. So it's making an ice slurry, keeping the fish cold and keeping them on ice. Um, on top of that, important things are um, a good esky, good quality knives, one, ones for cutting bone and, and that kind of thing, and ones sharp, uh, softer knives for um, doing your filleting. And your wiki jimmy knife is also very important. And then um, freezing, you know, Try and squeeze as much air out of those bags uh, before you freeze, or do use the um, what's that thing called? Shrek vacuum poor, bags. Poor, man, poor bags. man's poor man's cryovac. If you type you in go. poor man's cryovac in YouTube, that's the go. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think it's about it. Uh, the, the the biggest issue, one of the biggest issues we have um, from 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 listeners was uh, just finding the time to go spearfishing more. And funnily enough, we actually wrote a blog post about this a while ago. Uh, it's pretty funny. It's six tips to go spearfishing more. So you can search that up and have a look. But just quickly, um, you know, you, you have to prioritise your spearfishing time. You have to set time in your in your in your calendar and actually book time to do it. Uh, eliminate jobs around the house. Just get someone else to do it. Pay someone to mow the lawn so you can go spearfishing. And Turbo wrote an absolute cracker job. Uh, <laughs> an absolute cracker. Um, uh, DIY guide to chucking a sickie. Um, this is an, Austra- <laughs> an Australian tradition, and it's quite hilarious. So if you pump in six tips to go spearfishing more, this article will come up. Uh, laying the credibility crumbs and more. It's uh, <laughs> it is funny as, um, and uh, you know the the people yeah the people in your life should probably know that you know spearfishing is a priority for you, so they don't make make life too difficult for you when you do want to go spearfishing. Just a couple of offhand tips, and uh, but obviously an issue for quite a few people um yeah cool uh if you if there's anything else you guys ever want want help with um with your issues spearfishing uh you know turbo and i had a host of them starting out ourselves and we we, we like researching stuff and interviewing people chatting with, about all the different things that confront us so just let us know uh jump on noobspero.com sign up to the floater email newsletter and you'll get access to our private facebook group where you can have discussions with other like-minded people in a in a good and productive environment turbo anything else buddy no mate i think we've covered that and possibly put our listeners to sleep (laughs) (laughs) all right cool well let's wrap it up buddy all right guys that about covers our 101 on common obstacles as a We've given you a lot to think about there and a lot of resources to go and uh, look up and research. And uh, that's what it's all about. It's all about uh, continuing your learning to improve your spearfishing. So 
Thank you for listening to today's episode, Shrek. Just just quickly, guys, there's a huge article on noobspiro.com called uh, Get Started Spearfishing Guide. It's got a list of just about every podcast and article we've produced, and uh, hopefully this can point you in the right direction if, if we haven't covered something in the show today. So just pump into Google, Get Started Spearfishing Guide, Noob Spiro, and that should come right up for you. Uh, but uh, by all means, reach out to us if you've got another issue. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening to today's episode, another 101 from Shrek and myself. We hope you got something out of it. Now, next week, we are back to our regular format, interviewing one of the world's best Spiros, and that he definitely is. We are interviewing Brendan Hendrickson. Now, uh, he's a US-based diver, and we're going to talk to him all about deep diving, how he goes about deep diving, and uh, trips, planning trips, the do's and don'ts for trips. Now, Brennan's actually also a very good freediver. He's only recently sort of got into the uh, sport of freediving, but is really kicking some goals. I heard the other day, uh, I think he's up around the 90 meter mark, and uh, that's absolutely incredible. So uh, he's a re- this is a really great episode. He really knows his stuff, and a fantastic diver over there in the US of A. Now, if you want to uh, support us here on the Noob Spiro podcast, connect with us on Facebook, Noob Spiro. We've also got a Noob Spiro group there. I'm sure you'll be able to find that. Connect with us on Instagram as well. We love it when you post stuff up and tags and things. It's fantastic. And uh, if you are up for a bit of reading, 99 Tips to Get Better at Spearfishing is available on Amazon and all the other ebook platforms at the moment, and it's not too far away. So until then, dive safe, buddy up, and we will talk to you in a fortnight's time. Big thank you to our sponsor, Adreno Spearfishing Supplies. You can find Adreno in Brisbane, Sydney, and Melbourne. They are one of the biggest and best spearfishing stores in the world and stock a full range of spearfishing gear, more than you could ever imagine. So check them out in store, or if you prefer to shop online, check them out at spearfishing.com.au. And do yourself a favor, at checkout, use the code NoobSpiro to save yourself $20 on all purchases over $200. So that is spearfishing.com.au and use the code NoobSpiro at checkout.